Welcome to the Lifehouse Message Podcast. Please make sure to follow or subscribe to this so that you can get all the latest messages. We hope that you are inspired, empowered, and encouraged by the message today. Let's enjoy. Hey everyone, Richard here from Lifehouse in Hong Kong, and we are in the middle of a series called Closer to Praise. I want to live my life with a heart that's praising God. We're in the good times, in the hard times. I believe that actually positions us to receive His promises, positions us to receive breakthrough and miracles. And that's what I want to share with you today. So before we get into the message, let's just take a moment to give this time to Jesus. Lord, we thank you so much for your incredible promises. And uh, even in our waiting seasons, Lord, we want to be standing on those promises and with praising hearts, with grateful hearts, full of thanksgiving and praise. We want to be moving forwards and believing with faith for breakthrough. So right now, Lord, I pray you'd speak to every one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you give the Lord a hand? Awesome. Well, hey, my message is called Positioned to Receive. Because I believe as we position our hearts to praise, we're actually positioning ourselves to receive God's promises. So really today I'm talking to those of you who maybe you feel like you're in a bit of a waiting season. Maybe you feel like there's a breakthrough that you've been believing for, but it hasn't quite happened yet. Maybe you're close. Maybe you feel like you're close. Or maybe you just feel like it almost seems impossible, like it's just so far off in the distance that you're like, God, is this even going to happen? Maybe you're struggling a little bit to to keep your faith up in those times. Well, I believe this message is going to encourage you today. So we're going to look at a a Bible story. We're going to look at the Israelites in the Old Testament. You know, the, the Bible, hey, a long time ago, the world was a, was a violent place, right? And uh, there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened. There was wars and battles and all this stuff. And the Israelites had escaped from Egypt. And that was a crazy experience. And then they'd gone through the desert. And that was a crazy experience. And God was leading them into the promised land. And I think it's a great picture of God leading us into our promise. He had already promised them the land, but they hadn't yet uh, entered it fully. It wasn't, they hadn't yet received it. So let's go to this story where the Israelites and their leader Joshua comes up against a fortified city, an incredible city with these huge walls. And the Israelites are like, how are we going to take this city? You know, this is going to be an incredible war between these guys, Jericho, and between us. Like, we need to go through this obstacle in order to receive our promise. But how is it going to happen? And God speaks to Joshua in chapter 6, verse 2 of the book of Joshua. He says, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. And I love this language because you'll notice that God says, I have given given you. I have given you. It's past tense. He didn't say, I will give you. He said, I have given you. The promise had already been given. Joshua received this city in the spiritual before he could receive it 
in the natural. And I think in life, this is actually quite a normal thing. You know, recently, my kids, I've got, uh, I've got four boys and, and, and I've got twins in the middle. And my twins are turning six years old this week. And they're about to go into primary school. And me and my wife, uh, knowing how many books uh, the, uh, our little boys in Hong Kong take to school, like we wanted to get them some really good backpacks, you know, the kind that's like good for your posture and stuff. And so we bought them these really nice backpacks. We've paid for them. They're currently sitting uh, under our bed, locked away. The boys don't know that they're there yet. And uh, on this Thursday, on their birthday, we're going to give them this gift of these really cool new backpacks and so hey the gift has been paid for the promise has already been has already uh, been given in a sense it just hasn't been delivered yet and my boys they don't quite know how everything's going to happen but what they do know is that something special is coming and they actually know that they're going to get these backpacks they know they're about to go to primary school so they know it's coming it hasn't been delivered yet and maybe that's in the situation that you're in right now you've got the promise it just hasn't been delivered yet oftentimes in life the spiritual moves before the natural and uh, so that could be the season that you're in right now you've got the promise it just hasn't been delivered yet when I when I first uh, signed the contract for our house me and my wife spent many, many years working hard, saving money, budgeting like crazy, all that stuff so that we could finally sign for a house. And we signed that, that, that contract and we rejoiced. There was, there was a spirit of praise, I tell you, in that moment. We were thanking Jesus for this miracle that, that honestly, a number of years before, we just thought was an impossible thing. Uh, actually, at one point, I said to my wife, I don't think we can ever own a home in Hong Kong. Uh, I, just, I just can't see it happening. And here we were, years later, signing a contract on our dream home. And we were praising. But guess what? We couldn't move in. Due to all the legal stuff, it, took, it takes about three months from the time you sign the contract to when the house is at, the keys are actually delivered to you. But hey, we were celebrating like we, it had already been delivered because we trusted the contract. We knew, we trusted the legal system. We knew how it worked. And hey, church, you got to trust God. You got to trust that He knows what He's doing. Yes, He's given you the promise. It's coming. But we've got to hold on and keep that spirit of praise and not move to, uh, I don't know, not let that negativity come in as we're waiting for the promise to be delivered. So Joshua, he's got this promise. Yes, God has given us this city. And he's waiting to hear God's plan of how they're going to attack this city of Jericho, how we're going to smash down these walls. And in verse 3, Jesus, uh, God says to uh, Joshua, he says, You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Sounds like an exercise program. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark each carrying a ram's horn. And on the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. What? <laughs> what was Joshua thinking? Joshua was a warrior. The Israelites had been fighting battles. They had been taking uh, over these cities and towns by force, by their own strength. 
And here is God saying, hey, I want you to walk around and around blowing your trumpets. Now, I used to live under someone who loved to practice their trumpet and they were not very good at it and it was annoying <laughs> okay and uh you know by the time we eventually moved out of the ha- that house I'm like good see you later trumpet guy you know uh, but that is not enough to to give you a city right it's not this is not a good strategy for for uh, you know for countries for nations going to war you don't win wars through praising right but in God's, in God's economy, that's how things work. Joshua 6 verse 5, God is still giving instructions. He says, when you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout. So they're praising. Shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. Sounds pretty good. I mean, hey, we don't have to go to war. Hey, I would prefer that. If I was a soldier and I didn't have to go into battle and risk my life, I could just play my little trumpet and go for a, for a walk with my friends. I would prefer to do that than to go to battle. But I'm sure that as Joshua communicated this message to the Israelites, I'm sure there was a bit of confusion. And uh, what, really? We just, we just, we don't go in and attack? I think... I think sometimes in life when we've received a promise, sometimes we kind of want to force it, kind of want to make it happen in our own strength. And certainly Joshua and the Israelites could have tried to make something happen, but Joshua thankfully had the wisdom to know, nope, just stick with the plan, just, just keep going around. And I think in, the, in these seasons of waiting, in these seasons of believing for your miracle, it doesn't mean we do nothing. It doesn't mean we sit on our hands and, and, and just stop. Of course, God still wants us to keep growing. Come on, let's keep still growing our relationship with Jesus. Let's hold to our journaling, reading our Bible every day and allowing God to speak to us and writing it down. Let's still hold to showing up to church every week and connect group with a praising heart, coming into worship with a praising heart, even though you don't have your healing yet, even though you don't have your miracle yet. Keep serving. Keep doing those basics. Keep growing. Keep loving your wife. Keep loving your kids. Keep believing for your loved ones to be saved and to keep the heart of praise. Keep blowing those trumpets. Because that's what we've got to do as we march around. And it looks to the world like we're going in circles, right? That's actually what God told them to do. He said, I want you to go in circles, praising. And to the people in Jericho, watching the Israelites going around and around in circles, I'm sure they were laughing at them. What is this stupid plan? Maybe you've had people in your life kind of mock you a little bit for for how you're living out your faith. Maybe, maybe they, they've made fun of you for, for, gi- for giving some of your finance to the church, for being generous or something else, and you haven't yet seen that miracle. Oh, why are you, why are you tithing to that church? Or why are you giving your money to God? You don't have, you know, there's nothing really good that, how's God ha- helped you in your life? Like maybe there's been some of that kind of narrative going on. And hey, look, people on the outside aren't going to understand how the spiritual 
works, how God works, especially someone who doesn't yet know Jesus. So let's give them some grace, but let's keep marching. Let's keep praising. Let's keep moving forwards with Jesus. And we're going to see our promise delivered one day. Praising in the wait. And so in verse 7, Joshua starts communicating this exciting plan to the Israelites. And he says, uh, it says, Then he gave his orders to the people, March around the town, and the armed men will lead the way in front of the Ark of the Lord. And the Ark of the Lord was God's presence. Yes, God's presence is going to go with us as we praise. God's presence is there with you. And I don't know how the Israelites felt about this, but they did it. They were obedient to God's plan. And in verse 8, it says, After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horns started marching in the presence of the Lord, blowing the horns as they marched. And, and, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. God's presence, praising, moving towards a miracle, yet looking like they're not making any progress at all. One of the things I love about my wife is... In our single seasons, I met my wife at church, actually. So here in Hong Kong, in our church, uh, we're both serving on the same teams. That's why you got to get on the dream team, guys. Come on, you might meet your future spouse there. And uh, I loved seeing her attitude because I, I knew, like most other single people in the church of our age, you know, we were believing for a relationship. We wanted that. But I could see with her... There was no kind of complaining in her heart. There was no kind of resentfulness or uh, negativity towards God of, oh, I don't have my husband yet. Or There was no desperation to try to force some relationship to happen with a guy. And for me, I already thought she was attractive, but how secure she was, how confident, how simply she just believed that Jesus would deliver the promise. I'm telling you guys, that made it her so much more attractive. And uh, I really think her heart position was actually getting her in position to receive the promise because she was believing for a marriage just like I was. And yet that great heart that she had, that praising heart, actually positioned her to receive just that. So I want to encourage you, come on, keep that praising heart. You might have to guard your heart against some negativity. But as you do, you're getting in position to receive that open heaven, that blessing that you're believing for. And I think, uh, uh, oh, let me share a verse. Joshua 6 verse 11. Let's go on. Uh, So it says, The ark of the Lord was carried around the town once that day, and then everyone returned to spend the night in the camp. All right, so picture it. The Israelites, they've done their first day. They've done their first lap, and they've gone around. And I wonder that night, as they were there in their tent talking to each other. And I wonder if there was anyone kind of complaining. Oh, really? Is this really what we're going to do every day? We're going to go for uh, a lap around the city? Like, why don't we just take the city? I don't know if there was any grumbling, but I actually believe that while praise gets us into position, I think grumbling gets us out of position to receive the promise. Parents, you will understand what I'm about to say. We love our kids, right? We do special 
things, we, we, we plan, we uh, spend our money, we, 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 we spend our time to prepare special moments for our kids, making birthdays special and, and to bless our kids in many different ways. But as soon as the kids start complaining, <laughs> it makes you want to not give them whatever they're complaining about. You know, you know, like sometimes you, you cook a beautiful meal and you give it to them and they're... Uh, and I tell you, oh, that, that can really get to me. And I, I mean, with my boys, I don't know if this is harsh or not, but hey, if my boys start complaining about the food that we lovingly prepared for them, well, I'll say, oh, it's okay, no problem. We'll put that away and you can, you can go and there'll be no dinner for tonight. They always end up eating their food. But I think that grumbling attitude, I think that actually gets us out of position there's nothing worse than, than trying to give someone, give something to someone who has a grumbling attitude. It gets us out of position. Thankfully, the Israelites, I don't think were in that place and they seem to be very obedient and trusting God and they kept going around in circles. In verse 14, it says, On the second day, they again marched around the town once and they returned to the camp and they followed this pattern for six days, right? Every day this went on, I'm sure it looked sillier and sillier. And I think this, is a, this becomes an endurance thing. This becomes about your patience levels. You know, patience is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, I, I often uh, hear Pastor Rod say that the, the, this, the, the gift of patience, that uh, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, that, that fruit is not that you love waiting in lines because who loves waiting in lines? Like that's not patient. Oh, I love, I'm so glad there's a three hour wait for my favorite restaurant, right? No one, that's not the gift of patience. The gift of patience is being able to endure till you receive the promise. And I think it's a part of life. All of us are gonna have these moments where we're gonna have to rely on the Holy Spirit Lord, we need, we need patience right now in this season of wait until the promise is delivered. And uh, hey, this promise, it's not delivered because we're good. It's not delivered because we've done all these things right. And I'm sure the Israelites, you know, had their moments as they were going around in circles. But I really want to encourage you that Jesus has paid for the promise, Right? Just like we'd already paid for that backpack, Jesus has already paid for your promise and it's you receive through Jesus. It was through the cross, through His sacrifice. He paid with His own blood. He paid for your promise. He, prayed for, he paid for your healing, for your financial breakthrough. He paid for your salvation. He paid for your sins and mine too. And so we're receiving through Jesus, not through all our hard work, not because we're doing all this stuff. Yes, we're going to be obedient to God. And yes, those things grow us. But ultimately, it's Jesus. It's His grace that delivers the promise. And in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, it says, For all of God's promises, not some, all of them have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to, the, to, to God for His glory. Yes, it's because of Jesus that you can receive the promise. So if you are doubting yourself right now and you're wondering, maybe I've done something that disqualifies me from the promise. 
hey, yeah, sure, have your moment where you repent, where you come back to God, where you turn from your sin and come back to Him. But quickly, come on, get back in position to praise. Get back on track because it's through Jesus and His grace that you're going to receive the promise. Uh, uh, Joshua 6 verse 16 we're coming to the end of the story the seventh time around right they're doing the laps around Jericho and as the priests sounded the long blast of their horns Joshua commanded the people shout for the Lord has given you the town come on shout right before you get your breakthrough lift up your praise and I love that it says for the Lord has given you the town once again past tense he already has given it to you even though they haven't received it verse 20 when the people heard the sound of the ram's horn they shouted as loud as they could suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and they captured it and I'm sure as the Israelites took Jericho I'm sure there was a rejoicing I'm sure that the praise even went to new levels as the promise was delivered to them yes they had received the promise before but it wasn't yet delivered miracles from nothing to everything you think about it every lap they did they were no closer to their goal really it was nothing 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 everything and I found sometimes in life that's how God works and I just want to finish with my own personal story because in my very early 20s I had a promise in my heart. I was believing for a wife, one day a family. I saw people at church who had this blessing and uh, I wanted what they had. And it wasn't a jealousy thing. I just, it was a modeling thing. I saw this is good. Marriage done Jesus's way is so good. And I want that in my life. And over time, the years kind of go by and and it, you know, you, you haven't encountered the one and you're like, God, where is she? And you still haven't met her yet. And maybe you have a relationship and it doesn't work out. And you're like, God, what's going on? And maybe there's a few disappointments throughout the years. And you've got to keep holding on to that promise. And then you see your friends and they're starting to get married. And then they start to have kids. And you're wondering about yourself and your own situation. And you're like, God, I want to keep my heart right. I, I want to guard against any kind of jealousy or resentment. I want to keep that heart of praise. I'm believing for the promise that you gave me. I'm believing it will be delivered. And all in my 20s, it's probably about eight years there from age 22 to, to age 30, it felt like nothing happened except, in fact, probably the only thing that happened was some disappointments. And then from age 30, to age 35 a miracle happened and I went from literally being single to dating to engaged to married to having a first kid to having twins to having a the, the last kid five years single to a family of six in my life it was pretty intense but it was awesome it was like those walls just came down and God's promise just came into my life and all those years of waiting God made up for it the blessing overflowed in my life and 
I don't know what your story is going to be, and I'm sure it'll be different. But God doesn't have favorites. I'm not his favorite. He loves you just as much as me. And everything that I'm sharing with you today is because I want to encourage you. Hold on to your promise. Praise in your promise. Praise in your waiting season. And I believe Jesus is going to bring breakthrough at the right time. And you're going to have an incredible walls crumbling story that you can share with others. Why don't we pray? Jesus, we we thank you for your promise. We thank you for your promises of healing, of of financial breakthrough, of of, uh, touching our family, Lord. Whatever it is, we we bring these things in our hearts, these needs, these desires that are in our hearts. We bring them to you and uh, we trust you, God. And we understand sometimes there are seasons of wait and sometimes there are even disappointments, Lord. But we're going to hold on to your promise because we trust in you. You have given the promise. So, Lord, we're waiting for that supernatural promise to have that natural delivery. We're believing for that moment, Lord. And I pray that, I pray that some of these people watching would have some of these things happen suddenly quickly, Lord. There would be a breakthrough tomorrow, next week, Lord, next year. Lord, something would happen that that we'd see a breakthrough. And even if it is much longer, Lord, we're going to hold to you. We're going to keep a right heart during the season. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Come on, why don't you give the Lord a hand? We're going to keep praising church. And hey, I want to finish with one final prayer. Maybe you maybe you haven't been walking your life with Jesus and he's the key right it's through him that the promises are yes through his grace not by just us having this positive thinking it's through his through through standing on his promise and right now I want to ask you are you walking with Jesus right is God's presence going with you just like the ark was going with the with the Israelites do you know him Is He in your life? Is He the Lord and Savior of your life because He loves you? He died on a cross and rose again for you. He forgives you. And if you'll just receive that forgiveness in your life, the promise of forgiveness, the promise of eternal life, and many other wonderful promises become activated just through your faith in Him. So right now, if you want to believe in Jesus, why don't you read out this prayer on the screen with me and let's pray this prayer to Jesus. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Hey, that is so wonderful. And I'm so, honestly, you've just made a life-changing decision and I'm so excited for your journey with Jesus. I really want to encourage you to get connected in our church. Uh, in, a, in a moment, someone will come and tell you about how you can do that. But church, let's keep praising. Let's keep that heart of praise, even in our waiting. And I believe God's going to do great things. See you next week. Thanks for listening today. We hope that God was able to speak to you through the message. If you consider Lifehouse your church home, or if you were blessed by these messages, then why not consider generously supporting us? Simply go to mylifehouse.com give and find the giving way that works best for you. Have a blessed day and we'll catch you all next time.